faire la fête Voilà comment Mano avance à se prendre la tête Chante dans le loup, le renard et la belette Chante dans le loup et le renard chanté Chante dans le loup, le renard et la belette Chante dans le loup et le renard chanté Mano viendra, les gars, Mano viendra C'est à ce moment-là qu'il faut lever les bras Mano viendra, les gars, Mano viendra C'est à ce moment-là qu'il faut lever les bras Ah, tranquille, j'arrive et je me pose Non, surtout pas de close Sur ce tempo tribal, j'ai envie de poser des proses that, that all went a bit partridge at the end. Very exciting in France. I have to tell you something, Paul. It, it always is when you do the intro. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to put on a comedy Irish accent, given uh, what's just happened. We're recording moments after Ireland beat Italy. Uh, I mean, joyous scenes in uh, where was it? Leon. The thing is that that partridge line. This is it now. That's the rank. The rank house over forever. I'm never coming back from that. I, I, you've broken my heart forever. Well, uh, no, no. I, I have to correct myself because sometimes you veer between partridge and a bit camp. So, have you been enjoying the European Championships, then, Ed? Very much so. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it, it's taken a little while to really come to life, hasn't it? I mean, there have been there's been some good games, but uh, not the kind of sense of drama until uh, the final round of games where it really counted for a lot. Um, and today's fixtures. Uh, Hungary and Portugal was, uh, as you uh, tweeted, madness. Um, and uh, and Ireland-Italy, brilliant drama, just brilliant drama. Didn't think the Irish would do it, especially after Wes Houlihan passed one back to the keeper, went through on goal, uh, and then uh, they scored with uh, minutes remaining. Yeah, so that was an incredible moment for Republic of Ireland, of course. Um to add to an incredible sort of a strange anticlimactic incredible moment for Northern Ireland who did enough by getting a 1-0 win over Germany thanks to their really impressive 2-0 win over the Ukraine. Um, so the way that we've uh, decided to structure this show because there's been so much football obviously we can't even hope to break down all of the games. What we're going to go do is we're going to go through each of the round of 16 fixtures and uh, have a little discussion about the, the teams involved in those and how how they've got there. Um, the first one up is uh, Switzerland against Poland. That might be the dullest of all of them, Ed. That might be the dullest of all eight games. Look, that's just a stereotype. Just because it's Switzerland doesn't mean it's dull, OK? Have you watched the games featuring Switzerland so far at this tournament? Yeah, enough to make you, wa- make you watch a ticking clock, isn't it? Um they were they were not not great not a great entertainment. Um, they put up a bit of a fight against France, didn't they? Um, I mean, just about. They, they put up a huge fight against France, but it wasn't very entertaining to watch, and it was really lacking in quality. That game, France, horrendously disappointing. Deschamps ringing the changes, and um, I mean, he does he's not going to live to regret that in terms of the uh, the groups because they still finish top, unlike Hodgson, who will come on to. Um, but the uh, that game was just. It was not good entertainment, but Switzerland scored two goals in their in the group stage. So it's not um, it's not just uh, stereotypical to say they're dull. They're dull, and uh, you know who also scored two goals in their three group stage games? Uh, that would be Poland. Uh, Poland, who got a creditable nil nil draw against Germany. They were they were all right in that game. They had a few chances. Um, you Germany were poor. Germany again, though, were very they? poor. Was... Yeah, then they they are. Uh, they are not looking like the Germany of two years ago. I mean, their record coming into this tournament would tell you that as well. So, um, But, you know, through, of course. Um, Switzerland, Poland, I couldn't really call it. I mean, they, they are two teams you wouldn't expect to go on and win this tournament. But, of course, the way the, the, the draw is shaped up, it's very lopsided. 
with uh, all the the well nominally all the top teams in win one half of the do- draw plus England um and uh, sorry yeah route won that one um and then you know nominally the smaller teams in the other side of the draw so you know it could be that a, a weaker team makes the semi-final you'd kind of expect it really it will be that a weaker team makes the semi-final I, I think that's inevitable um mostly because I don't think there's four really good teams in the tournament um so whoever makes the semi-final one of them's not going to be vintage unless Everything changes from now, which of course does happen. The one thing that I haven't got in front of me is um, who goes on to play whom So uh, from these fixtures, if you know what I mean. So I can't see which half of the draw each come from. Um, Poland versus Switzerland. All right, we're going to have to go out on a limb and predict the result of all of these games. I'm going to predict a narrow Polish victory because I think both teams have kind of got similar issues, really, which is just a sort of lack of quality in the final third, which seems absolutely, utterly bizarre, given that Lewandowski is starting up front for Poland. And I wonder whether, in, in a similar way to Ronaldo did against Hungary... It might just be that Lewandowski actually uh, sort of starts to make an impression on the tournament. He, he could easily be the difference in that game. Yeah, he's got to have the chances though, hasn't he? He could yeah. be the difference yeah. and, and maybe he will be the difference. The, the winner will go on to play uh, one of Croatia and Portugal, okay, which uh, ought to be a good uh, round of 16 game, I think. Um, I yeah, I, I mean, are we predicting these scores? I, I'm going to say 1-0 to Poland. Yeah, that, that was my, my prediction also. So. Well, I got in there first. So, yeah, you no, can't have I that one. I just said it a minute ago. Oh, well, there you go. Um, I mean, you may have thought it, but I you just didn't say it. it. See, un- unlike me, yeah. you filter before it comes out of your mouth. <laughs> um, so, Croatia versus Portugal. Now, there is a game uh, to get your teeth into. The first of the really enticing fixtures. I mean, Croatia, best team in the tournament so far, right? Well, yeah, we, we speculated coming into the tournament just how good they were or, or not. Uh, I, I think the debate was about whether they're a team of individuals. And in a way, they are. But um, having dropped five players, some of the, the star names and, and rested stroke, uh, you know, allowing Modric not to play because he's a bit injured, um, they put together a real team performance. Uh, in beating Spain. I mean, stunning, stunning performance, performance of the tournament, perhaps, um, and and really deserved their victory as well. Then Portugal... Barely could barely get a shot on target in their first two games, uh, and then we're just involved in this crazy game against Hungary where it was like playground football, wasn't it? You know, you score, you score, you score. I mean, they've been watching the NBA basketball finals, I think. Um, but uh, Ronaldo finally found his shooting boots, uh, enjoyed it just a little bit, didn't he? And Nani. Yeah, it was a nice goal from Nani. I mean, Ronaldo's goal, that, that goal, the first goal he scored, it's absolutely outrageously brilliant goal. A very fitting way for him to get off the mark because he'd been appalling in the previous game, uh, which resulted in a nil-nil draw. Um, and I mean, maybe maybe appalling is too strong because he did kind of create a lot of chances for himself. But his set piece taking, including that missed penalty, really, really poor for Portugal. Well, he's had 75 shots. No, I don't know. He's had 75 shots. I'm making that up, but it probably isn't far off. He's had a lot of shots. He's had a lot of shots, which, of course, you know, he, he statistically has a lot of shots anyway, right? Yeah, and, and he scores not, a lot of goals. Not and, a bad and, thing, is it? No, it's not a bad thing. Um, and it's one of the reasons he scores so many goals. He's just been a bit wayward. The radar's off. Uh, but he wasn't. He bent his run beautifully. Uh, he, he, beat, he got the wrong side of his man. Um, with his movement uh, and then just an outrageous flick uh, to to score and got it right in the corner as well. I mean, just perfect. But you rushed past Croatia quite quickly there, but I, I think 
I think they're they're a team worth talking a lot more about. Their two games since we've um, we last spoke was the crazy two-all draw against the Czech Republic, which is really just a very freak last 10 minutes because the Croatia team looked really rattled and upset by what was happening in their crowd. Obviously loads of flares thrown on the pitch and loads of fighting breaking out in the crowd and the players pleading with the fans to stop it and um, rumours of different ultra groups and rumours of people who are unhappy with the Croatian FA and uh, wanted to cause disruption for their team. Uh, Czech Republic took full advantage um, and, and kind of made that group interesting going into the the last but at 2-0 Croatia absolutely cruising Modric was just next level in that game um stunning player and Perisic has been really good in all three games um it was really good again against Spain and I, I think that Spain performance because in the first, I mean, Spain went 1-0 up really early. They'd looked by far the team of the tournament with their really dominant performance against uh, Turkey. And and they were looking like they were motoring. Iniesta was running things and Modric wasn't there. And I, you just nobody would have bet on Croatia after 20 minutes into that game. But they, they just completely turned it around. They rested control. Rakitic was excellent. Kalinic obviously brilliant in front of goal and just just a heck of a performance worthy of a lot of praise and a mistake from big dave sort of i mean i mean it, it did take a deflection but it wasn't a big deflection so he's gone and anticipated the shot across goal and and uh, paid for it yeah although i was a bit annoyed with glenn huddle saying you can't go for that with your feet you've got to go with your hands and you're like you ever watched David De Gea before? I'm pretty sure he can go with that for that with his feet and save it. Well, quite. Yeah, he'd have probably hit him in the chest if he uh, if he hadn't tried to if he hadn't got the weight on the wrong foot uh, and the deflection hadn't taken it away from him. But uh, but there you go. I a, a mistake. It doesn't happen very often. Um, uh, let's see what Del Bosque does because uh, you know he was on the fence, wasn't he, about the the goalkeeping situation? He he might bring Casillas back. He'll obviously drop three or four crosses uh, in the next round. But we'll see. Um, we we um, we skipped over Wales versus Northern Ireland. No, which that's is... ne- next on my list. Oh, okay, well it's, it's sandwiched in between Switzerland and Poland and Croatia, Portugal. The meat in the sandwich, uh, a, a local derby. Sort of. I mean, I said Croatia have been the best team in the tournament. Wales might have been, along with Hungary, the most kind of surprisingly impressive team. Uh, we were very dismissive about them on the uh, preview show as Bale and 10 others. Um, as Andy United said, can we have a bit of a word for Wales? Much more than Bale and 10 others. And uh, at this point, looking more likely to win the thing than England, which is not entirely unreasonable. I mean, a soup. I mean, they were pretty bad against England, I thought. I thought they were really just tried to sit men behind a ball on that. I think they they probably gave England too much credit, really. Well, I think they did, yeah, because if you look at Wales's performance against Russia, and that puts the England performance against Russia into some context, doesn't it? I mean, it, it does, but it was kind of a very different Russia because Russia were really open against Wales when they really were not against... They were really committed to sitting back and defending against England. True, true. Um, but yeah, um, a, a, an excellent performance from Wales and they'll come into this tie in... in very good form you know and you make them favourites clearly um, but what, what the Northern Irish have, 
have got is, you know, an incredible like spirit and togetherness. Sorry, that's an awful cliche, but no, but it's but true, it's true it? isn't it? And but Wales have that as well. That's 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 been the story of their tournament, hasn't it? It has. Um, it has been that. I mean, just the the uh, the Northern Irish. No one expects them to do anything, of course, because they've got a bunch of Championship level players, as I rather dismissively called them in our preview. But it's also literally true, isn't it? Well, they've got four Premier League players. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So 19, not. Johnny, um, Johnny so, and Corey Evans getting the uh, Colo and Yaya chant. I, I can fully get behind that. Johnny Evans, who was very, very good in Northern Ireland's uh, victory over Ukraine, played at left back. What was that? Sorry, Ed. Johnny Evans was very good, was that? He, he was. He was almost world class, you might say. <laughs> not sure he's, he was in the top five in the world, but very good. <laughs> that result was obviously I mean obviously that's what the whole thing swung on for them that's this thing of this 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 tournament structure 24 teams means that one big result in the group stages is enough and that was their big result in the group stages and then things went their way elsewhere uh, partly because they were so resolute against Germany and kept it to 1-0 a stunning goalkeeping performance it was yeah I mean with Germany not really firing on all cylinders it, it was almost disappointing that Northern Ireland weren't able to just take it to them a little bit more I mean, they, they they really couldn't. They just they hardly had any possession and, and very few chances, uh, which is like perfectly par for the course, of course. Um, but with it, you know, with it one nil, Germany were able to play out the last ten minutes with some ease. Uh, and it's a shame the the Irish couldn't really take it to them a bit more. But you know, they deserve to go through, right? You know, they've been tight. They haven't been spanked in any of the games. Um, and that means their goal difference is good enough that it's going to take them through. Yeah, and a word for just phenomenal joyful chanting in the crowd i mean will griggs on fire chant i'm i'm firmly in the camp of people that still really enjoy that obviously like like anything it's attracted a degree of cynicism because people are so quick to hate anything that's joyful um not least because he sat on the bench for the whole time kind of makes it better i don't know if there's something about it the song is not about will grigg the song is about shared experiences i think it's fair to say but just like just the, the Johnny and Corey Evans song, and and so they're they're really really fantastic. Same with the Welsh fans. Like you know, it's apart from the fans that have been fighting and chucking flares onto the pitch. There's been a lot of good stuff in the stands, hasn't there? Very good. So that's Saturday. Uh, we've we haven't predicted either of these games. We've skipped oh, over. True. So Croatia Portugal. I'm going to predict a two one win to Croatia, but I. I, I this is horrible fence sitting having been so fulsome in praise also wouldn't be a complete shock if they have like a performance where they sort of dominate possession and get hit on the break by Nani and Ronaldo which Portugal are set up well enough to do although they were absolutely horrible at the back against Hungary <laughs> so we'll see uh, with that in mind I'm going to call it 2-2 and, and say uh, this one goes to penalties and does Ronaldo either score or miss the final penalty he lashes it into the top corner of the fifth penalty there you go. He normally misses them, doesn't he? He's, he's really not the be- world's best penalty taker. Actually, I don't know the stats on that one, but I feel like I've seen him miss a few. Um, yeah, penalties and could go either way. Of course. God, that's good. It's good analysis there. Um, yeah, yeah, top stuff. I liked it when he hit a one-man wall with a free kick. <laughs> that was that was against um, whoever it was they played uh, before Hungary, and it was hilarious. Just like. Lines up his free kick from 40 yards out. There's one man in the wall. Ronaldo finds him. 
I mean, it's comedy how woeful they are, but it's it's almost guaranteed he's going to lash one in from about 45 yards now, isn't it? I mean, it kind of felt like it was supposed to be guaranteed that he would against Hungary, but he didn't. He just kept missing them. Um, why? Like, they really should give someone else a go at free kicks because it's just a waste. I, I'm not sure that Ronaldo's ego could take it if, say, if, say Nani took it and put it in the top <laughs> corner. What I'd love to see is them giving it to someone that doesn't take knuckleball free kicks. But someone that, like, you know, actually wants to curl one into the top of the net rather than sort of bend and wobble one all over the place. You see, you see I like an old-fashioned curl. Yeah, me I mean, too. Um, to, to, to digress a little away from the Euros uh, to the South American Championships, uh, did you see Leo Messi's free kick? I mean, it's impossible that the ball goes into the top corner from that angle. I saw some people genuinely complaining about the goalkeeper on that. And if you're complaining about the goalkeeper on that, you literally don't understand the combination of physics and pure industrial magic that uh, Leo Messi conjured there. Just the gap that he has to find to get it to dip over the goalkeeper's hand into the top corner. Absolutely astonishing free kick. That's a sniper taking a president out from (laughs) five kilometres away, that is. Absolutely. Uh, What's next on your list of... Oh, uh, Wales versus Northern Ireland prediction. I'm going to go... 2-1 to Wales. Yeah, I'm going to go 2-0 Wales, uh, actually. 2-0 Wales, I think. Very good. Uh, So, yeah, um, on the Sunday, France versus the Republic is the afternoon game. Uh, It's it's not in Paris, but um, I think think it might be in Lyon. I can't remember now. Um, uh, Obviously, the home crowd behind the French, much better side. Do you expect them to be on top for the entire game? Can the Irish replicate what they did against Italy. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting because you wonder how much of that Italy game... Because Ireland were excellent in the first half against Sweden as well. They really went off the boil badly um, for the game against Belgium where they just got tonked. Um, like it was That was a, a pretty abysmal display, really, by Ireland once they'd gone one... I mean, they were unlucky not to get a penalty, but once they went 1-0 down, it was horrendous from there, really. Um, but France, I mean... France have been absolutely brilliant in this tournament for about 3% of the time. And And 97% of the time, they're total men. I mean, I don't know about total, but there's a real disjointedness. It was a very strange decision of Deschamps to make so many changes in that kind of, almost like, I mean, the second game, he dropped Griezmann and Pogba and then brought them on and they changed the game and got a goal and an assist each. Um, Someone said it's easy to get your subs right if you leave your two best players out of the starting eleven. Which I thought was quite funny. And then he left Payet out of the final game, which I guess is because he just Payet has become so important to them that you know he's just trying to preserve his fitness. But it ended up making that that final game really disjointed. And now there's a sense that they're kind of lacking momentum, which almost like the the late goals in the middle game should have should have given them a degree of momentum. But they've kind of surrendered that with the nil-nil draw against Switzerland. I mean, I guess in terms of uh, like empirical quality of imp- opponent, Ireland are not the worst team to be up against in order to try and get some of that momentum back. No, right. And you do wonder whether the Irish will be tired. I mean, you know, clearly they've given everything against Italy and and uh, and that might have taken a lot out of them and France have had um, a bit of extra rest. I mean, only three days rest. I mean, some, some teams are getting five days. Yeah. I mean, of course, it's kind of a free roll for Ireland, isn't it? Because they couldn't be more underdogs. They They really can play without any pressure at all in this one. 
Sure, yeah. Um, I don't think it'll be enough. Uh, they can't play as badly as they did against Belgium. And they were very, very passive. Uh, Roy Keane wasn't happy. He was certainly happy after the Italy game. I'm not sure I've seen Roy that joyous for years. He's a, He's been an angry man for about 15 years. It was so good. Uh, seeing him with tears in his eyes, hugging Martin O'Neill afterwards, that that really was the moment of the tournament for uh, me so far. Half-time after the referee had, had probably turned down what, four penalty shouts for Ireland, two of them very, very good shouts. Uh, I thought Kino might run on the pitch and murder the ref. <laughs> I mean, n- not not in, you know, a kind of metaphorical sense, actually do him. There was a bit where he was, after he'd had the nice hugs with Martin O'Neill and the tears in his eyes and everything, he's celebrating with Robbie Brady. He's literally just got his hand round his throat. You can see like a red imprint of Roy Keane's hand on Robbie Brady's throat when he moves it away. Classic Kino. Very good. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think France will win this reasonably comfortably, so I'm going to go for a 2-0 a win, goals in the 89th and 90th minute. Obviously, we have a lot more Irish listeners than we have French listeners on the rank cast, but I apologise for my support of the uh, the other team in this one. Uh, the evil Thierry Henry handballers, uh, I think, are going to win. Um, I don't know if I think it'll be comfortable, because... I feel like France aren't in a place where anything they do is going to be comfortable quite yet. Um, they're going to have to kind of emerge emerge into the tournament somewhat in order for it to be comfortable. And I'm, I'm really interested to see what Deschamps does with his midfield in particular. Um, so, yeah, what's what's the next fixture you've got there, Ed? Um, yeah, so after Lachit's beat uh, Ireland, uh, Germany play Slovakia. Uh, and you'd you'd think this would be a comfortable win for Germany. I mean, given that Slovakia are not a good side, um, uh, were made to look reasonable against England. Uh, yeah, not even that really. So you'd think it'd be a comfortable win for Germany, but they're they're not fluent, the Germans, are they? At all? No. But Slovakia looked really good against Russia. But I think we've we've all got the measure of how atrocious that Russia team truly was. And Germany didn't look that fluid, but they, th- listen, right? I don't know if you know this about Germany, but they're good in football tournaments. Uh-huh. And and they have repeatedly done enough. I mean, they didn't hey, do hey, enough hey, against look, Poland. I wasn't writing them off. <laughs> okay, good. Just checking, just checking. No, I mean, I, I think that, that Slovakia will do what they did against England and play to really frustrate, but it is not clear at all that Slovakia are particularly good on the break. Uh, no, I mean, um, they have one player, right? And it's Hamsik and 10 others. Yeah, 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 there we go. We finally found the team that's a player and 10 others. Not Wales. Apologies, all Welsh listeners. It is indeed Slovakia. Um, no, I mean, uh, Schweinsteiger's played kind of a, a lot more minutes than we thought he would. Uh, 10 minutes total or something. Yeah, isn't that about nine minutes more than he played for United in the second half of the season? So, yes, he's played a little bit. They just haven't got the balance right, have they? Um, they, they look... They look not great at fullback. Um, they don't look th- fluent through midfield and attack. Uh, they don't have a central sort of pivot. Um, and with Goetzer up there, it, it does make them uh, kind of slightly, um, slightly imbalanced. Uh, he's not a natural stri- striker. Gomez played the other night. He wasn't that good either. Um, so yeah, they've got some problems to solve. I mean, they're not facing someone. Um, who should put them under a lot of pressure, though. So this is the game that maybe it clicks. Uh, I wonder why, whether he'll try Thomas Müller at nine. He could well do. I mean, um, not scored yet, has he, in the tournament? Um, and, uh, I mean, he can certainly play at nine, sort of false nine. 
Um, you know, he doesn't really run onto a ball. He's uh, he's, he's not a Jamie Vardy style false nine, and he's not a <laughs> Mark Hughes style, you know, proper number nine back to the goal and all that. So, um, but he'll, he'll he would you know offers a lot of intelligence there. The movement's great from him. Um, would offer more than Goetzer up there, I'd think. But then they have a, a problem on the right hand side. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but they'll definitely have enough to beat Slovakia. Um, Two nil. I'm going with. Uh, who do the winners of that play? Well, they've got a tasty one in the next round because the winners of that will play Italy or Spain. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, you know, a Germany versus Spain quarterfinal will be quite nice, wouldn't it? So, are you confident then that Spain will beat Italy? No, not at all. Uh, I mean, given that they were pretty toothless, weren't they, against Croatia? I mean, they looked good for what the first thirty minutes or so. Um, and then Croatia just came back into that game so strongly. Um, so, yeah, not at all. Um, I mean, the thing is, um, the Italians will bring a lot of players back in, obviously, and they'll, they'll feel reasonably fresh. Uh, this, this game's on Monday, early evening. Um, and and But Spain have lost some momentum, haven't they? Um, not, literally because they lost, of course, but also just in the fluency of their play. Um, they, they've got uh, they've got some questions to answer about who how they set up in midfield. Can they get Iniesta back into the game? I mean, made more than a hundred passes against Croatia, but not that penetrative. Um, what's the balance of the forwards that they do play? I mean, Sesk played and set up one, but he's he's so indisciplined tactically. Uh, it's always been a criticism about him, but that it gives them a bit of a problem. Um, how do they get David Silva into the game? You know, brilliant when he's on the ball, marginalised when he's off it. But also, and also coming off the back of a dreadful season. Yeah. Like David Silva's been in awful form all season and Sesk hardly any better. You know, if that was like, if they had Rakitic, if Rakitic was Spanish instead of Croatian, you'd play him ahead of Sesk, wouldn't you? Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, I mean, but there's, there's all the talent there, right? Nolito and Morata have actually had good tournaments. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised by that because everyone said Nolito would before the tournament and Morata's just proven time again on the big stage, right? He's he's a big, big-time player. Um, Real Madrid have, uh, what was it? They've re- renewed his federated rights or whatever the language was that they've activated the buyback clause. Um, someone's going to buy him for a lot of money if he doesn't stay there. Uh, well, he won't. They'll just sell him on again. So I wanted to talk about Iniesta, though, because Iniesta was responsible for the best footballing moment of the tournament so far, which was the, I think it was the second goal against Turkey, which is 40 seconds of absolutely breathtaking individual brilliance. Uh, it's been going around on Twitter, the, the, that, that passage of play. I think it's a 20-something pass move that leads to the goal. And Iniesta is absolutely central to that. He picks the ball up on the edge of his own area and makes long passes, short passes, uh, checks his runs, makes little darting runs, knocks it forwards, backwards, sideways, the absolute works, and then puts an absolutely perfect through ball through at the end of it. And I I was thinking it's it's kind of a different skill set, but it's up there with the best individual 40-second spells of play in the history of football at major tournaments, that is. Every decision he makes, every pass, every movement... Is just it's just absolutely next level, and it, and if he'd run with the ball for that length of time, we'd all be comparing it to Maradona in '86. But I think it kind of warrants that level of comparison 
because he's executing his role so brilliantly and he basically gets his team a goal. Yeah, but it was no Paul Scholes versus Panathinaikos, though, was it? <laughs> I think that's the only thing I can compare it to, really. He he almost reached Scholes-esque level of genius. You know, so, and that's good, good on the lad, good on the lad. Uh, he's going bald in a very strange way. Uh, it's, it's making him look very, very, very old. But, but, you know, with a bit of class about it. Yeah, no, he's super he's beautiful player. Um, and uh, if they get the balance right, Spain are going to win this. Of course they are, because uh, they will dominate possession. And can they create enough chances against what is a very, very fine Italian defence? You know, and it, a five-man defence. Um, and and that's the game, isn't it? Can Have Italy got enough on the break uh, to score the goal or at set pieces? Because, I mean, I, I just don't imagine them... Uh, having the ball a lot and creating a lot of chances through open play. Well, they've scored once since we last recorded one of these podcasts and that was a moment of brilliance from Ed Air against a pretty average team. Um, and, you know, they were excellent against Belgium, Italy, but they weren't excellent in attacking capacity at all. They were just so solid defensively and Belgium were pretty vulnerable. So Italy's forwards could do enough, but they are desperately lacking in the final third. And, you know, they, they they won two games, but one of them, one of them, they were very, very lucky to win against a team they really should have beaten. Um, and, you know, so this is all about whether that back three can do enough, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't think they will. I, I think uh, Spain are going to win this 1-0. Okay, that's I, I like that shout. I like that shout. That sounds reasonable to me. Did We, we predicted France-Ireland. We predicted Germany against Slovakia. 2-0 Germany, I said. Um, what fixtures have we missed? Hungary against Belgium, England against Iceland are the two we haven't talked about. Which one of those happens first? Hungary against Belgium on the Sunday night. Um, okay. Interesting game, right? Because this is this is Belgium chock full of, of talented players, um, you know, end, ended up with, uh, what, six points from this, uh, from the group, um, you know, two, two wins. They're coming into this round 16 with some momentum. Uh, they were just so poor against the Italians. It's hard to wipe that from uh, your memory, isn't it? But they, they, there's something happening with them. Um, against Hungary, have been brilliant. You know, they've uh, really vibrant team. It surprised everybody. Uh, they managed to shoot from all angles and guaranteed to get a deflection, which is a, a great skill to have, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Frank Lampard used to do that. He scored about you know 120 of his 150 odd goals for Chelsea via deflection. Mm. Um, but if you shoot, you get them, and um, and 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 you know of course they've surprised everyone because you know they're not a big european name or nation but they've got way more talented players than perhaps people thought uh, and they could give the belgians a real game here yeah it's really interesting they used so many players in qualifying um and and they've along with wales they've been the big surprise package um friend of the rank cast tom mortimer who is covering them for espn in this tournament he said he was expecting the game against portugal to be a dead rubber but not because hungary were already through um and what a dead rubber it was just an absolute festival of football uh gabal karai with a uh incredible um fake goal kick which we'll come back to later uh, during the questions portion of the show. Um, but yeah, I mean, and and Belgium, I didn't see, did you see any of their, I was watching the Republic game and I haven't even seen the goals or anything from the Sweden game. I don't even know the score. Did they win? They won 1-0. Right. Yeah, so as uh, Sweden, 
bottom of the group's last end without any goals retires. Um, One shot on target for the tournament, I think, from last Yeah, end. yeah. Um, yeah. Woodward, Mr. Woodward, maybe you want to renegotiate that contract. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, look, um, big incentive for, for in this game as well, because, you know, the winners play Wales versus Northern Ireland. So that is a quarterfinal of, of, um, of three... Uh, dark horses, not even dark horses, three teams that are, are the lesser lights of the championship and, and Belgium, right? So big, big incentive for the Belgians to finally put it together. Uh, we'll see whether they do or not. You know, I, I don't think uh, anyone is expecting them to really open out. No, no, absolutely not. And and you kind of expect the first really good team they come up against to, to beat them. I don't... I mean... I, actually, Hungary is probably the team... Yeah, but that might be in the final. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, no, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. I, I I don't think I'd make Belgium big favourites against Wales, to be honest. I think, the you know, the, they've obviously got a few bigger name players, but I'm not convinced they'd be big favourites. Um, no, no, on, you know, on names, Belgium play Croatia in the semi-final, right? Yeah, but as we've seen, like, this whole round of 16 it was supposed to be kind of a procession for all the big teams wasn't it but loads of them have failed to top their group including last but i was gonna say but not least but maybe in fact least england against iceland iceland another massive surprise package i mean i think in a way it's almost less surprising that iceland have qualified through their group in in second than it was that uh hungary got through the group in first because i wouldn't have been surprised by portugal winning that group followed by iceland it might have even been what i predicted um but but yeah uh, england just i mean they did very well against wales to break down a very very kind of sturdy and scrappy wales that were happy to sit with 11 men behind the ball for almost all that game. And Roy Hodgson just kept putting more and more forwards on, including Marcus Rashford, which he failed to do in uh, the final group game against Slovakia, which is clearly why uh, England didn't get through. Well, you know, the thing is, I mean, Hodgson's substitutions have not always worked, have they, in, in this tournament? Rashford would have been a more sensible substitute than Kane, right? Now, obviously, Kane's the senior man. He's scored, you know, 25 odd goals or whatever it is this season and the season before. He deserves his place. And Hodgson, pretty bizarrely, I think, made a lot of changes to the England team. Um, and, and of course, he's the senior man, but Rashford's the man who's going to make something happen against a team that were very, very narrow and very, very deep. Um, so I wonder whether he made a mistake there, Hodgson. He made a bigger mistake, of course, by you know changing five players and and I guess rather arrogantly, or you know uh, he's a gambling man. I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, assuming England would beat Slovakia, uh, and and they didn't. They didn't really come close. I, you say they didn't come close, but if you look at the excuse me, if you look at the XG map for that game. Yeah, I know, and they're at five point something, and they had a lot of shots. You know, a lot of shots from outside the area. So yeah, it's like thirty shots or something, and you, you know, chop over you know, two thirds of them off. Um, they should have scored more, of course. They they created a few good chances, and with the strikers they've got, but actually I thought it was really there was a telling lack of composure from the the strikers in that game. Um, a lot of pressure on Vardy and a very weird decision to start him in that game because he has he looked really good against Wales. Like, he definitely made a difference when he came on against Wales. But if, against a team that's going to absolutely sit deep, even though Kane's been a bit ropey, a bit out of form, 
Doesn't it make much more sense to start with Kane and then bring Vardy on after an hour if it hasn't worked? Well, I guess so. I mean, I mean, the, the thing is, and it's really obvious, right? Uh, Vardy is just not even nearly the same player when, when the ball's played into feet and not space. I mean, obviously, and England are just not smart enough with the ball to draw the opposition out, unfortunately. And, you know, Wilsh is really struggling. That's not a surprise to anyone. L- looks like a man who hasn't played any football in about five years. Yeah. Rooney was uh, good against... Like, he really struggled in the first 10 minutes against Wales when they were denying him space. And I was thinking, ah, oh, Coleman's been paying attention here. He's actually going to close him down. But they stopped doing that. And Rooney started really pulling strings in that game. Um, I mean, put into some context by Andres Iniesta's performance against Turkey but you know he's not going to be Iniesta is he but he was he was like very decent in that game um and then kind of bring him on for Wilshire and that that just isn't going to work because Rooney's going to charge about the place trying to win that game at that point isn't he um but a word for Rashford just because I thought against Wales like that kid's composure it shouldn't be a surprise anymore but I did think the international tournament stage might get to him nope nope Literally just not bothered. No, skinned the fullback a couple of times, didn't he, when he got on? Um, he had quite a few touches. I mean, on basically on the left wing, so not really his natural game, that one. But, uh, yeah, he, he, looked, uh, he looked very comfortable, happy to get the ball, take a man on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I hope we see him in the group stages. I hope we see him because I love watching Marcus Rashford play football, but also because I'd like England to do well, and I think they're more likely to do well if he's involved. Yeah, I, I think they are genuinely, yeah, and um, because he's he's an explosive player who makes a difference, and you do need that kind of player. And, and England will probably need that kind of player against Iceland, who have been very, very sound defensively. So uh, Iceland is, is another team that I haven't seen loads and loads of. Um, that group, I ended up not watching a lot of games in that group. Um, so the, I saw the game against Portugal, which was like obviously funny and Ronaldo acting the right old what's it after that one saying they've got a small mentality and they'll never achieve anything I mean like of all the teams to say that about I know I know (laughs) I know I mean talk talk about I mean they, they didn't even lose but very much a sore loser there, Ronaldo. Um, they, they were pretty good against Hungary as well, I thought. You know, very creditable draw there. And, and I didn't see the game against Austria. Um, uh, but, I mean, I've seen the goal and yes. I don't know whether you caught this, but the, the Icelandic commentary, I mean, we'll have to play this. Uh, I, I'm sure editor Tom can fit this in somewhere. Uh, just the funniest sort of 30 seconds of, of commentary. But the slowest breakaway goal ever. I'm watching that going, pass it, pass it, pass it. <laughs> and eventually he does and they score. Um, uh, they were obviously knackered by the end of it. We've had a question from at Haldorm, Haldor Martins, who says he's a big fan from Iceland. Uh, lovely to have you listening, Haldor. And how do we fan? Uh, he says, this is a question for me. How do you fancy your chances? Brackets England first, then France against the Blue Vikings. Obviously, I'm scared. Like the Blue Vikings are on fire. 
all defences are terrified, clearly. Winter is coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be pretty mad if Iceland end up knocking out both my teams from this tournament. I will be a bit sad about that. Yeah, but, you know, the gods will uh, light one of their volcanoes on fire or something if that happens. I don't want that to happen. That would be bad, Ed. That would be a bad thing. I mean, obviously, obviously, England remain favourites in this game. I think that people have been very quick to come down hard on England, and I don't think England have been that bad in this tournament. No, they haven't. I think, actually, up until about 20 yards from goal, they've been pretty good. You know, this is a this is a reasonably composed England side that is not just hoofing it up and panicking. Um, they have a reasonable shape to them, uh, but they they are not creating enough good stuff in the final third. I mean, you know, given the XG was very high against Slovakia and all of that. I mean, the, the XG against Slovakia, I think, was two. I think that five number is across the games. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the, so it wasn't, like, spectacular or anything, but it, it they should have won all their games, definitely. Um, and, you know, that's... It's very surprising that if you look across all the teams in this competition, it's definitely fair to say that England have among the best forwards in the tournament and they're the ones really struggling. And it, I don't know... They do, but it's to do the the fluency of the system, right? And you've got a lot of players in there who had pretty poor seasons. I mean, Sterling, Lalana, and Rooney came into this tournament not really playing that well. Rooney is... is basically a midfielder now right um and uh, i mean he came on at number 10 against slovakia but he played very much the sort of number 8 or even number 6 in the other in the other games um and and they just haven't quite got the balance he doesn't know how to get uh, kane and vardy into the same team it, to do that he would either have to play vardy on the wing or or basically go to a 442 with kane a bit deeper who can, who can definitely play there um, and he seems unwilling to do that. So, you know, it is odd that he's coming to the tournament not really knowing what system he wants to play. And I, I don't think it's the fact that he's a, you know, a Van Gaal-esque tactical genius who believes he can uh, get his teams to play 15 different systems. I think he just isn't sure, um, which is kind of odd after being in the job for four years. And I think that the tournament has kind of borne out that he isn't really sure exactly what to do yet. Although... I don't know, it's, it's just difficult because that third game was so much like trying was squad preservation. And look, if England beat Iceland, they'll be very glad to have a fully fit squad with no yellow card suspensions in the quarterfinals. But the flip side of that is they're going to have to play France in the quarterfinals, probably. Um, but but you know what? They play France. They they play uh, you know they they play a couple of holding midfielders. Play Dyer and Henderson. Um, and they look for the long ball over the top for Vardy. It could work. It really could. And it would work because they've got a... The, France's centre-backs, Rami and Koscielny, are not quick. So England for the Euros, is that what we're saying? Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah, no doubt they they knock out uh, Germany or Spain in the semis and, yeah, go on to beat Portugal, Ronaldo versus Rooney, Mark two in the final. Something like that. The... the It'll be interesting. I mean, of course, Iceland could really set up to frustrate England. They will. And that's that has been England's like really big challenge so far this tournament. And Kane's going to have to hit some form because he's been pretty poor. So what's your prediction for England-Iceland? I, I think it will go into extra time and England will win 2-1 in extra time. OK, uh, I think... Sorry, uh, Haldor, but I think... I'm not confident, but I think England are going to win it in normal time. I'm going to go 2-0. Uh, 
when the space opens up a little bit as Iceland open up chasing the 1-0 win and Marcus Rashford scores. That, that one more in hope than expectation, really. Very good. I mean, I would say their keeper is a little dodgy. He's made some good saves, Hal Dawson. Um, uh, he's not well known, but he's the uh, the son of Les Dawson. <laughs> I, I'm, I can't work out if that joke's problematic or not. I don't think so. It's close to the line, though. The uh, Les Dawson would be proud if it was. Actually, no, Les Dawson was... Anyway, never mind. Out of all of those fixtures in that round of games which one are you most excited about well i think croatia portugal could be uh, a very very good and entertaining game couldn't it um so i think that's the one that that feels like it should be nice and open belgium hungary should be interesting italy spain i expect to be extremely tight um just because of the nature of the game that the italians will have to play uh, against spain france and republic um I mean, you'd expect France to win this reasonably comfortably, but, you know, maybe there'll be some more drama. Maybe they'll handball their way into the next round again. I don't know why you'd expect them to win it comfortably based on their performances so far. No, no, I mean, just because though. they've got so much talent in attacking areas, you'd ex- you'd expect them to, to for it to come together at some point. Yeah, and that's, that is the absolute key for France because I still think there is no reason whatsoever that this collection of players should not win this tournament I mean especially I mean, Pogba looked more impressive uh, when he came on uh, in their second game uh, when he came on as a sub and then he and he had a really good first half again in the in the final game in the Swiss Switzerland game um, but ultimately their end product was just so lacking in that game but I, I can't help thinking if so so what, what's the balance up front I that's mean that's the question isn't it is it is it Giroud Payet and Griezmann which hasn't really worked is it uh, Gignac well Gignac played against Switzerland and he was Coman and Griezmann is it Martial play I, I I would play Martial but then maybe that's you know maybe that is just complete one-eyed bias what I would love to see but we're not going to get is Martial central he should uh, Gignac was was better than Giroud who has been awful um, but neither of them were fantastic. And Martial will give them so much. Uh, you know, he will stretch the game, he'll play in the channels, he's very composed. Um, for me, it makes a lot of sense to play him central. But he had a couple of very disappointing outings. And one as a sub, just the one, right? One for a half. Yeah, he played a half, was dragged off at half time, both on the left wing. So, and that will come into play, won't it? I, you, you wonder, the Gignac Giroud thing is an interesting dilemma because you could say that Gignac played better than Giroud did, but Giroud scored, of course, which is like just classic Giroud, isn't it? He doesn't play great, but he got gets goals. Um, he got a lot of goals for Arsenal last season, not playing well for most of the season. Uh, I, I think Payet at 10 makes all the sense in the world. But then that really does complicate what you do with Pogba. Pogba was superb on the left of a three in midfield in the game against Switzerland. Like for the first half, he was he was just excellent. He looked like he'd really turned it on and was arriving in the tournament. He, did he hit the hit the bar and like the keeper had to pull off an amazing save to stop him. So he So so the players won a four three three and I, I think he, he would be mad Deschamps would be mad not to go with that. Um, but that and then what do you do? Where do you play Payet? Do you play Payet left on the left of the three at the front, up up front yeah. with Pogba yeah. behind him? Yeah. Oh, that sounds exciting! Play Martial in the middle. You've got a real team there, you know. Uh, Griezmann on the right. That makes sense. 
we're playing playing fantasy football with France here though because that's not what's going to happen. So so what are we saying? We're saying the quarterfinal is going to be Poland. Croatia or Portugal? Croatia I, with both I, I went, Croatia. Well, I, I went for a penalty shoot oh, out yeah. there. But who, you got to pick Wales. a winner. I'm going to go. I, I think Portugal are going to win the penalty shootout. Okay, I know, I know okay. that's unfashionable. No, but, no, it's but, fair but, enough. Yeah. 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 A bunch of players clearly with the right kind of mindset to win a penalty shootout. Yeah. Just those kind of solid, dependable types that are rife in that team. Yeah, but they could also put five of them into the top corner. Yeah, easily, easily. Uh, and uh, I think the Belgians will beat Hungary. So so that's Poland versus, you know, we disagree on that one. And Wales versus Belgium uh, on the one half of the draw. And I think we're both going for Germany. Are we both going for Spain? Uh yeah, yes. I mean, not with any great certainty. Germany versus Spain and then um, England versus France in the other quarter. Oh, my God. I'm not looking forward to that when it happens, if it happens. that that That's going to be brutal. <laughs> that's uh, It's a lose-lose, that one. It should be win-win, but it's not somehow. Somehow it's not. Um, but yeah, it could. It seems very likely to happen. And Hodgson must be ruining not not finishing top of that group because the route through is so much more favourable, isn't it? But anyway, uh, should we should we uh, do some rank cast questions before we finish? Let's do some questions. A friend of the rank cast, Mary, says she's expecting an hour long rank cast special dedicated to the Republic of Ireland. I think the time of recording probably played into that. I think we've we've given the Republic their due. And if you want more in depth Republic. Uh, coverage listen to the second captain's podcast it's great well exactly yes Uh, mary's timeline not for the (laughs) faint-hearted or children um at black underscore gatsby another friend of the rank cast judy who long-time listeners might remember was on the rank cast red mancunian crossover do you remember when red mancunian had a podcast ed I do, I do. Ancient times when life was in black and white. Uh, of the players we've been linked with, who's impressed you most and who do you least want based on their performance at the Euros? Uh, I don't think I've... Who have we been linked with? Mbolo, who does look good. He's gone. He's going to Schalke, though, we reckon. Do we Do we reckon that? Yeah, he's very raw. I mean, probably not ready for the Premier League. So uh, we can spunk 60 million on him in a couple of years' time. Gomez. <laughs> Gomez. No, thank you. Oh, my goodness. He has got to be... In the least category in this of, of players that we've been linked with and based on exclusively on their Euro 2016 performance. Might be a brilliant... I- Ibrahimovic, very yeah. poor. Yeah, but I'd still want him most out of all the ones we've been linked with that are in the Euros. Can we have Gareth Bale? Does Gareth Bale count? <laughs> we must We must be linked with him or we're going to be soon if we haven't already. Indeed. Can Jose Mourinho... I'm not, I'm not answering this question. This is just the United question. There's no Euros... Uh, thing whatsoever. Has Jose not been spotted at the Euro scouting or is he busy at Carrington every day? He uh, put a picture of himself on the telephone on Instagram saying always working. Like, there's no evidence that you're working here. This is like, it's like when you work from home and you sign into your work email account just to send an email just to kind of prove that you're working. He's like, no, look, I'm on the phone. No, no. If you're smart, you schedule all the emails the evening before. <laughs> um, across the keepers, as when did you learn to pronounce Olivier Giroud's name right? I've always known. It's just a question of the effort. Yeah, when it comes to the Euros, Paul turns into James Horncastle. <laughs> oh, I can't do it with Italian names. All right, so we've got a competition prize to announce and we're having trouble deciding the winner because there's a loads of brilliant entries this is to win a uh, print of a cal gildart um belle epoque style poster art for the team of your choosing um I, here's the contenders right you're gonna you're gonna listen into our decision making process here so one of the contenders is at h 
underscore a underscore m28 saying lee dixon wishing he was in iesta was pretty funny that was absolutely amazing so if you're not in the uk you might not have seen this on the the commentary but it's basically lee dixon launches into a sort of psychedelic daydream <laughs> about what it would be like to be in the mind of andres iniesta and like starts talking about what superpower he'd want and i think the superpower he'd want would be to be as good at football as andres iniesta that was pretty special he wasn't no, he was not. But then, to be fair, no one except Paul's goals really is. Um, at Jaffo saying, just tweets us saying, that guy, and it's the Welsh dude that was crying. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was totally out of context. This wasn't. This was before Wales lost the game as well. Yeah, he was. He was just so overwhelmed by the kind of intensity of the situation that he's crying, and then when the camera comes on him, and he kind of finally gets gets a smile and his mates are all kind of trying to G him up and he gets a just very, very emotional Welsh gentleman. It was really good. Um, the, at Andrew underscore Kenyon suggests the Gabor Kirai fake kick, which I loved where he... <laughs> it's he, just amazing. He does a normal kick out to a player near him, like a short pass, and then he just swings his other leg to make it look like he's done a long goal kick. Um, and the one that I think... I, he also produced another one where against Iceland where he, he he's looking one way and throws it through his legs backwards. <laughs> See, that one would qualify for funniest if it had gone in the net, of course. Um, but I think the winner for me from at Jason Nealon 88, maybe this is just because the Republic have just won and um, all like feeling Roy Keane big time, but the Roy Keane showing he has a sense of humour where Roy Keane, uh, one of the other Irish coaches goes to kick a ball and Keane like nudges another ball in between him and the ball he's going to kick and he kicks it and falls over and it's all very amusing. <laughs> it was, it was very funny. There was some other good ones. Um, um, I, I think, I think, I do think that's the, the funniest just um, better than I think the Welsh guy crying kick. also uh, really really funny Welsh guy crying uh, the Croatian dude um, Choluka uh, <laughs> in his like water polo <laughs> hat oh, yeah, that one was. suggested by um, at Nico Primovan it looks like a pair of child's underpants it, it, it's just a straight up Croatia water polo hat which he wore because his head just would not stop bleeding it started bleeding in the first game oh I forgot to mention this one to yet at MUFC Colin uh, the guy, the video of the guy grabbing his pint amid the chaos I was going to mention this one I, I, I did see this one before <laughs> I mean he's got a fag in his hand and he grabs his He's like, whatever you do, don't knock my like, paint over. So the camera is pretty static and it's kind of focused on some attention, like quite deep in the frame, quite a long way, a good sensible distance away from the camera. And there's like, he's getting pretty Larry in there. It's kind of sort of unpleasant scenes. And just this guy pops into frame, nabs his pint and runs off. But I think the, the violent component of that makes it slightly less funny to me. So... Um, we'll go with we'll go with Keno winning. So um, at Jason Nealon eighty eight, uh, get in touch with Cal and uh, let him know which uh, which one of those prints you want sent to you. Very good, some excellent entries. Mm, and uh, check out Cal Gildart on Twitter, and if you want to, he's got stuff for sale on, on from um, fantastic football related art stuff. Loads of United business. So well, that's it for this week, I think, uh, and and not much more to say. Um, uh, I guess we'll be back after uh, the quarterfinals. Maybe, maybe after the semi-finals. I'm not sure. I'm in, I'm in China for a, a, a uh, week or so. Which... I was going to say we should come back after the round of sixteen, Ed. So we're gonna, are we gonna go all the way to the semi-finals before we do more rank casts? Let's see how we do. I, I will take with me 
recording equipment and we'll see how the great firewall of china allows me to record <laughs> all right cool um so uh, we'll see you soon thanks for all the kind words about the um podcast journey euros most of which have been about this song de galettes, les bouffeurs de crêpes Après avoir bravé bien des galères et des tempêtes Regarde bien la tête des jeunes guerriers celtes Il y a le loup, le renard, bien sûr il y a la belette Autocritique parfaite mais ça reste correct Pas d'idée abjecte, c'est pour faire la fête Voilà comment Mano avance à se prendre la tête Chante quand le loup, le renard et la belette Chante quand le loup et le renard C'est moi qui fais cet oratoire, je suis le loup, c'est net C'est une facilité de chambre et pour moi c'est ainsi C'est moi qui ai le mic, c'est moi qui écris Ne vous inquiétez pas les gars, pour vous je resterai gentil Je n'oublie pas que Mano aussi c'est un état d'esprit Chante quand le loup, le renard et la belette Chante quand le loup, le renard et la belette Chante quand le loup, le renard et la belette 